and welcome to series three of my podcast, Innovation, where we get to hear stories and experiences of incredible women from diverse backgrounds and perspectives in science and technology. Our conversation gives us some insights into some fascinating innovations, but we also get to relate. Here on Innovation, I give women a platform to be heard and seen because this exact conversation is also in video format on YouTube. And honestly, every single episode that I record is inspiring and uplifting because we hear about what these women have learned along their life's journeys, both personally and professionally. This week, I talked to Becky Reveal, a Formula One junior composite design engineer. Um, I'm Becky Ravel and I'm a junior composite design engineer for an F1 team. Um, last year I finished my master's at Oxford Brooks um, in motorsport engineering and previously I did a bachelor's in automotive engineering at Leeds um, and um, I initially did A-levels in like English and economics um, and switched halfway through and um, as a result I did a foundation year before I had to um, complete my bachelor's. Wow. Okay. So, Becky, I know that uh, you've had a really interesting journey into Formula One. Um, not conventional, which is exactly why I wanted to chat to you because um, I would love to hear your story. Um, before we sort of get into it, uh, how are you finding your your role as composite engineer in F1? Yeah, it's been really, really cool, to be honest. So um, just walking to the factory every morning and seeing the cars is like, it's been so surreal. Um, and um, so I finished training a few weeks ago because I started literally in August, so I'm quite new. Um, and I'm now on the front team for the car. So working on the, the nose and the front wing, which is like a dream. <laughs> it's really, really cool. I mean, I've heard that Formula One any kind of job in Formula One is super competitive. So yeah. how does someone who kind of hasn't been training since birth to get into Formula One um, kind of switch A-levels and, you know, tell me, actually, let's start from the beginning. Like, why did you decide to do A-levels that weren't really the right fit for Formula One? Um, so I chose my A-levels obviously back when I was like I think 15, 16 and at the time I just really liked English and reading and I didn't really know what like doing science could lead to. I didn't really know about engineering um, or what it was um, and I went to an all-girls school which I don't think really helped because the career advice was not the not very good basically. They, I went to them and said oh, I don't know what to do. And they were like, what subjects do you like? And I said English. And they were like, okay, <laughs> go and do it, even though I was better at science. Um, so it was, that's how I chose my A-levels. And then it was kind of, I was just starting to get interested in Formula One and cars. Um, but that interest was really growing as I was like in sixth form and stuff. And it I was doing like English language assignments, which you could choose the topic on. And I was just writing about cars or, or F1 all the time. And then I went to a Grand Prix. I was really lucky and got given tickets for British Grand Prix. Um, and after that, it was kind of like a, um, a light bulb went off. And I was like, why am I doing this? 
English, like I really want to get into this. Um, and then I just had to look up ways on how to do it, which was very daunting as like a 17 year old, like suddenly switching. And I think everyone thought I was a bit insane maybe at the time because <laughs> it was such a big switch, but um, definitely a decision that I'm very, very happy that I made. So what did this switch involve? Like, did you have to go from having been, you know, much more focused on the humanities to then suddenly being good at maths? Um, I think it, it was hard because I had to, I went to the school that I was at. Um, so I switched schools to sick form and they're really supportive. Um, and I said, I really think I should be doing science, but they didn't have any room for me to switch onto like physics and maths for the next year so I just had to like complete my A-levels knowing they were in the completely like the wrong thing um and they suggested I did an EPQ on kind of um something physics and sciencey so I chose to write about safety in Formula One and how it transfers into road cars and it kind of made me look at maths and physics a little bit before I switched to like doing my foundation year um, but the foundation year kind of knows that you, like you've done the GCSEs, but you haven't done it since, or you've done the A-levels and you didn't do well enough, so you have to do the foundation year. So it kind of started, um, it was like really accessible and um, they made it really easy to go back to learning science and maths. Okay, so yeah, foundation year. Okay, yeah, because that's, that's a great way to get into engineering um together with apprenticeships and and those kinds of different qualifications um I'm curious to know like what was the what was that seed that kind of made you think I want to do this um I think it was it was going to the Grand Prix and realizing I wanted to do something in Formula One and it was also so my granddad was a mechanical engineer and um he the whole time I was doing my A-levels he was like didn't you think about engineering um so I was speaking to him as well and um like the whole way through my A-levels I was kind of thinking like before I switched I was like oh is this really like what I'm best at like I was enjoying it but I think um yeah it was it was talking to my granddad and then like the F1 and the cars um it all kind of came to a point where I was like I really need to switch um so it was a few different factors um and I was um I'd be going to like watch karting events with my dad and stuff as well like we would go to motorsport stuff and it was it was just yeah really cool to be around I just had to work out how to like get into it because mm. English like you can't <laughs> you can't really get into F1 with well maybe you can in like the HR marketing sort of side but um and I'd always like kind of wondered how things work. So like when I switched to engineering, something like just clicked and I was like, this is what I should be doing. Um, so as a kid, you were, were you the type that would always take things apart and put them back together type kid? Yeah, and play with Lego. And I would like during the summer, we'd, we'd always be around my grandparents' house and I would be like testing paper airplanes and like to make little changes on them to try and work out what um, would work best. So always interested in yeah, how things work and how to make them better. So I think my parents and grandparents weren't that surprised when I switched, to be honest. I think they were kind of like, yeah, <laughs> we 
we thought this is what you might do so well I totally relate to your journey because I did maths physics and English literature a levels Um, I did the maths and the physics because my dad's an engineer and he absolutely wanted me to take over his business but I couldn't let go of English lit because I just love Shakespeare and all all the texts that we read I just loved it Um, so I can understand how you can be that age doing your a-levels and then you're like yeah actually (laughs) what am I doing yeah, yeah because I really I really loved I loved English Lit while I was doing my A-level, but I guess at that level, um, the maths and the physics started to be just more straightforward because, you know, yeah. writing essays and things, you know, it's, uh, it just uses a different part of your brain. And so I kind of started to enjoy the, the, the sort of science subjects, more maths, all of that, because yeah. it just the investment of time got more immediate results because if you got the answer wrong wrong yeah just figure out why that's yeah exactly why I love engineering like there's a right or wrong answer and you can work out how to do it and like English lit I think is great um I I did it for similarly I just love reading and um love studying it at GCSE and I I also love my teacher which I think really helps um but um, like yeah, like you say, like writing essays, like it was kind of fun. But it was like, why am I analysing this in so much um, detail? Like, what am I going to do with this? Um, whereas like maths and physics, yeah, like you said, it's, it's just a bit more straightforward. And um, say, so, yeah. well done to you for being so efficient with your time. Because when you said that you had to finish your A levels in subjects <laughs> that you knew weren't going to help you with the career that you're doing it it's such a smart move to still focus on your passion even with those a-levels because I'm sure what you learned and the skills you picked up in completing those those English a-levels and you know it would have been it will be and would have been so useful to you yeah thank you um like yeah it was very hard to find the motivation to finish them once I knew what I was actually going to be doing but and I I didn't really realize I think the skills and stuff it gave me until I had my interview for my current job and my now boss was um he I was I did a kind of presentation about me and I was talking about I did this foundation year but I kind of skimmed over it um and he said you should be proud of that he had done the same and he said it gives you like some different skills that other engineers might not have so it's actually like a strong point whereas I just kind of saw it for a while until like oh it was just added another year till I could do what I wanted really yeah so tell me about like what it's like being a composite engineer why don't you explain first of all what a composite engineer is for the audience that doesn't know yeah so um what composite design engineer does is we kind of get aerodynamics um, give us an aero surface to work with and we kind of we basically have to work out how to manufacture it um, and design it so that it can be manufactured because aero will give surfaces that are not always like it doesn't always fit in with the rest of the car as well um, so and then we also define like the layup of the carbon fiber um, 
and um, we talk with stress uh, to, to work things out like that and um, yeah and then there's a part of the team as well that make like the ply books which is basically an instruction manual for the people that lay up the carbon fiber to how to um, do the process and what orientation the fibers and stuff need to be in um, and then we also I haven't really seen this yet to be honest but if there's faults and stuff um, at the track like with one of our bits we'll then like try and sort it out to make it better but I've not had much experience yet so um, I'm currently doing a lot of like updating engineering drawings and things just to get used to like the process and things but I'm very excited to like actually get to design some bits very soon using CAD yeah do you use CFD software computational fluid dynamics software aerodynamics do that bit um okay. but yeah I love CFD I did it my both my projects at uni were simulation so um yeah I didn't really expect to end up in design but it's been really cool and I'm enjoying it. So, Okay, so you weren't um, sort of focused on getting into the design area of F1. Um, so, so when you did your, um, so you did a foundation and then yep. you did a bachelor's and then you did a master's yep. and now you are a composite design engineer. Yeah. Um, yeah. So tell me, like, what, what bachelor's did you do? I did it in automotive engineering, but it was basically just mechanical engineering with one module in, like vehicle dynamics. Um, so it was very, very general. Um, that's why I then went on to do the motorsport masters. So it's much more applied to what I actually wanted to get into. And how much of your journey through education was guided by um, Formula One? and the company you're at or did you go to your educational sis the system and then apply for a job um so I always knew I wanted Formula One like that was always the end goal um but when I was choosing my my bachelor's um my dad was we, we were talking to uh, me and my dad were like discussing it because I, I knew I wanted to do motorsport but he said and I agreed with him that I should do mechanical in case I did change my mind, because motorsport is obviously quite specific. Um, so my mechanical degree, I did, it was okay, but I didn't enjoy it as much because it was not really applied. It was very general, very like theoretical. Um, and then my third year project, I got really lucky and got to choose a CFD one, and I kind of based that around something more like that could relate to motorsport. Um, and then, like, I knew I didn't want to do the masters in like such a general subject and we went to some motorsport job fairs and stuff and they said like Brooks and Cranfield and like the two to look at for for the motorsport masters and I have to say a lot of people in the team are from <laughs> there's quite a lot of people from Brooks um I think they really like the masters because it's so applied and there's a good formula student team and stuff so quick question while it's in my mind were you always good at maths and physics or did you not choose those subjects initially because they were your weaker subjects? Um, so I was actually best at math, maths and physics, like better at them than English and stuff. But I just liked English and the way we were taught science. I just really didn't 
enjoy it I always liked maths because I liked figuring things out and I was a bit I always thought I was a bit weird I quite enjoyed like maths tests and stuff because you're just sitting there figuring out problems and I quite like that um but yeah I didn't really know what engineering was I thought maybe it's like I don't know maybe buildings and bridges and stuff which I wasn't really interested in I never thought it would you know you could get into stuff like automotive and motorsport with it so I just didn't have a clue (laughs) oh my gosh I mean you really are an engineer at heart everything you describe about what you were like as a kid what you love your passions all of that it's like you just are an engineer through and through and you know on the one hand it really um is so wonderful that the engineer just outshined everything and you're now doing your dream job um but it's also really shocking that someone who is so obviously destined to be an engineer almost you know went down the wrong track because of your assumption of what engineering is and it's totally not your fault I mean you've got family members in engineering but you know, yeah. there's definitely a real problem in communicating to young people what engineering is. Like, it's just not communicated in a way that's cool and engaging mm-hmm. and exciting. Yeah. Had it been, you would have just gone down the track you were meant to go down. It's crazy to me. Yeah, I, I really agree with that. <laughs> it's, yeah, looking back, it's like, how on earth did I not, like, how did no one <laughs> twig? I was like doing the I mean my grandparents had an idea they're like why are you doing engineering um but yeah I mean my granddad worked in stuff like they lived in Japan in the 60s um because he worked on a nuclear power station like it is cool um but I never thought like that's not something I'm like want to do um so yeah it's just mad how like no I think it didn't help I was at an all-girls school to be honest I mean, I don't know if it's any better in mixed schools, but there was no one really doing engineering. Everyone was kind of doing like similar things to me, really. Yeah, I mean, I went to an all-girls school. Um, I went to QE Girls in North London, and then I went to Henrietta Barnet. Both girls' schools, mm-hmm. one a comprehensive and the other one a grammar school. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, <clears throat> when it was the grammar school part, um, all of my friends, they they were like, so um gifted uh in their subjects you know they're all like top 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 um but a lot of them went into medicine um I was definitely the only engineer and I remember thinking I can't believe my dad is making me do this like nobody else is doing this this is crazy I don't even know what I'm getting into um and what's certainly clear is that we're just not communicating that girls can do engineering um and you know I'm so happy that we're having this chat because you're doing it you know and and it can be done you know your story is just so inspiring but what is it like being female in probably an all boys team it's a lot of boys um and thank you for the kind words by the way that (laughs) means a lot um uh it's like it's been fine like everyone is like super lovely um 
if I don't know what I'm doing, like I just go and ask someone and they're always like willing to help. And I don't think there's any, it doesn't matter that I'm a girl, I'm just an engineer. Um, like I do notice it, like I hang out with some of the interns and stuff in like marketing and that. And it's, it's quite nice to be around more girls. There is a couple of girls in composites, but I don't currently like in the front team. I'm the only girl um, at the moment. Although we do kind of get moved around, so I'm sure that will change because there are a couple of really cool girls in the team. But um, I found it, like, so far really good. I think it was more an issue at university and stuff than in my job. Because um, I guess, like, everyone that's hired, like, they, they wouldn't hire people that were, you know, sexist or anything like that. So, Well, it's interesting because um you know I graduated quite a while ago um and went into industry and it was um there were predominantly more men than women in fact I was the only girl and um it was just a very different mindset and I think you I mean it was such a long time ago and I think maybe times have really changed and mm -hmm. men are, I'm hoping, a lot more chilled and cool about having um, women on the team. It's yeah. really great to hear that they are encouraging and supportive because that's exactly um, why I started this kind of podcast because I really wanted men to see that we're capable, um, that mm -hmm. we have a right to be there and, you know, that it can't be a boys club in engineering because if it remains like that then girls will never choose yeah I think um a lot of the issue with engineering girls not choosing it is like they don't have they don't see people like them doing engineering I think if I'd like read or seen something about a girl in F1 working as an engineer maybe it would have it certainly would have motivated me I think a bit more because like it is really daunting going into such a male dominated field and um I think it is really true if there's like no female role models there it's a lot harder to want to go um and kind of chase that yeah they say you can't see it then you can't be it um, yeah you do realize that you are really you know opening the doors for other girls to get into what you're doing how do you feel about having that responsibility? Um, it's a little bit daunting, but I think it's good because, like, yeah, if I'd seen someone like me doing it, then maybe I would have, yeah, been a lot more motivated and a bit less scared about <laughs> about doing it. And um, I am trying to, I'm part of the Women's Engineering Society on their Early Careers Board. Um, so we really try to, like, promote women in engineering run like networking events with like women in STEM and stuff like that and um we have something called the Lottie tour where yeah um I don't know if you've heard of it but um the dolls uh yes the dolls and they get sent out to people and then they take pictures of them like in their job um and then we'll post about it and stuff and I think that's really good to kind of see all the different types of engineering and um because I don't think I realized as well how varied the field is mm. um I knew there were different types of engineering, but it was really like joining the Women's Engineering Society and um, stuff like that, where you actually meet 
different engineers from like all different backgrounds that it's like you really realize it's such a cool subject and there are so many just different aspects of it um, like, I feel like there is something for everyone in engineering so the Lottie tours is that on Instagram yeah I think they will be posting it on okay. Instagram it'll be on the Women's Engineering Society one and um okay I'll check yeah. that out um is there a role in engineering that you're really wanting to explore so after my master's and stuff I was really into simulation um because my my master's like uh dissertation was looking at the I was I had like a Le Mans type sports car and I was simulating like um obviously like the airflow over it whether rotating wheels made any difference and then I was optimizing the, the performance of the the fuser and the rear bodywork and um really really liked that like I really enjoyed it the feeling of like when a simulation goes right and and when you've like actually made an improvement is like it's just the most satisfying thing so I was looking at like aero stuff predominantly um but how I got this job was um I just saw a graduate engineer um and it was like a kind of design-based job which I was a bit unsure of because I had not done a lot of design at uni um I was never that good at CAD (laughs) and um so I interviewed and it was for the grad scheme and I got offered it um but my interviewer was the head of composite design and so a few it was like a month or so later they called me up and said we really want to offer you this permanent position as a junior um instead of the graduate scheme so in composite design so that's kind of how I ended up in design it was very unexpected but really really cool <laughs> and how do you deal with uh, moments where um you don't know stuff or you're not so confident um so this was like such a struggle in the first few weeks um especially with like training I was kind of just given a pdf to look at and then I had to like follow the instructions and try and do the exercises and things and I was like oh my god I spent ages like looking for a button (laughs) and I felt very like um just yeah not very good at it um but I think definitely asking for help is such a like big thing because I think to start with I was really hesitant because I was like I don't want to appear like I don't know anything but they expect you to not know anything because you literally just started and um even if you've done CAD before like it's a different system and um and I I actually had a meeting with my boss last week and he said we're worried about your like confidence in asking questions and I was like right okay so ever since then I think it helps I was like then given then put on the kind of front team and and they said ask this person because he used to train everyone in CAD and like everyone's really nice so it's not like scary to ask for help but I think it's easy to fall into like thinking you don't know anything dealt with it it was quite hard at the beginning because the juniors that started at the same time as me they had done a placement at the team um a couple of years before or whatever during their university um degree so they were kind of on to project a lot more quickly and I was just sitting there trying to train in CAD and like feeling a bit like left behind and stuff but um um I think definitely asking for help is how you deal with like not feeling like you don't know anything and then um I'm now on the front team as I mentioned and one of the seniors was kind of like appointed to like (laughs) um ask him questions and he used to train everyone in CAD so um 
he's a very good person to learn from and I've just been sitting next to him asking him questions every five minutes um I think it's definitely like advice I'd give to anyone starting a new job is like don't be scared to ask for help um even my boss told me to like go and ask people for help as much as possible rather than you know sitting there being stuck on something um but it, I think it's quite hard when you start a new job especially like if it's one you've wanted to do for such a long time like for me in Formula One I was like oh how did I get so lucky but it's like you work hard for it and that you need to believe that they hired you because you could do the job and they saw the potential and you're not not like expecting you to know everything that minute that you start yeah I mean you were in the Guardian you know um for, for doing what you do um and you know I assume there are very few women in the team and where you work and just actually the industry as a whole um do you think uh you're in the guardian because uh you are so rare um you know or do you have like a particularly unusual um story um i do think it's quite unusual because i i don't meet many engineers that have done a foundation year they all kind of did the standard like maths and physics uni um and then f1 or whatever they went on to do um but i kept in touch with the foundation year tutors at at leeds um after i finished and i just let them know what i was doing and then they were really interested in um getting me to have this interview in the guardian i think because i guess they knew that it was my dream literally from that day like it was like seven years ago to like now um so I guess I think they were quite proud that I just followed it through and actually ended up where I wanted to end up um and I guess like it's a good success story so that's probably why um they wanted yeah, me to I mean, be interviewed I mean you are so your whole story is just so utterly inspiring um and really really unique um but you mentioned the other women um, that you work with. You know, what is it like? Um, are you guys treated somehow differently because you are female? Or does everyone just muck in? I think everyone just mucks in. Like, I've definitely not noticed any any difference. Um, everyone just kind of gets on with it. And, like, oh, we're all just engineers. I don't, it doesn't matter if you're male or female like you're there because you can do the job when you're good at it um because f1 is like really competitive and very fast paced um so yeah i don't think um anyone's treated any differently really so becky how old are you now and do you have your driving license i'm 25 yeah i do have my driving license <laughs> and do you want to drive formula one um Definitely after I went to watch it the Grand Prix, I was like, oh my God, I want to be a racing driver. But that is like so difficult <laughs> to get into and so much money. I did race um, karts at university. So there's a British university karting championship. Um, so I, I started karting at uni and I did it the whole time I was at Leeds. Um, and I was president of the Motorsports Society at one point as well. Um, 
so it was definitely like something I would have loved to do but um yeah very very difficult to to get into <laughs> so I chose <Yeah>. engineering <laughs> I'm sure engineering is already competitive enough yeah um being 25 uh you know there are some women who are thinking about sort of motherhood and mm. that side of things um I think one of the reasons why women get put off by engineering is because it doesn't seem to be a profession that really is um, very mindful of the fact that women have lots of other roles that they could take in life. Um, how is the landscape for you on that front? Like, is it something that you th have thought about, you're thinking about, or it's just off the table you know it's kind of in my head very far off at the moment like I just started my job and I'm very very focused on that no time for boys or anything at the moment <laughs> um I think it's like something to consider maybe further along the line um I don't know what like obviously I'm not um gone through any of it so I can't really say how um engineering is for when you if you do decide to you know start a family and stuff but I'd hope that it will be like improving at least like um because um I think engineering is becoming like a better place for women um because there are more of us getting into it and that it's great that you do this podcast I was looking at some of them before I um before we did this and I think it's so important that you're like interviewing people and making people's stories heard who are like women in engineering and STEM um so I think all of us are trying to work to make it a better place for women in general I'm not sure if that really answered the question <laughs> no it, it really does answer the question because um I've spoken to women who are in engineering and they're older and I think engineering as an industry has been particularly um misunderstanding of a woman's journey mm. in life um and you know it's difficult to be a woman in engineering because it is so full of um men who can focus on their careers and not get distracted by the fact that you know motherhood might be calling us you know um and so I would really like to see more change within engineering to allow for amazing women like you that have worked really hard to get where you are in engineering but can then also be allowed to not just have your job but go off and be a mum and then come back and do your job and I don't think the engineering industry is quite there yet in yeah, terms yeah. of giving women opportunities and um you know I can see that you're really driven pun intended um, <laughs> in your job and that you know that you that you want to succeed in what you're doing I mean gosh you've put enough time and effort into where you're at you know that you don't want to throw it all away um, mm. to explore other roles that women can have. Um, so, 
you know, I hope that your story continues to be one that shows that women can be really supported in this industry and that they can go far, but they can also do everything that um, women have the opportunity to do. Um, you know, I don't want your story to be a story that I've heard time and time again, where women get really, really far in their jobs and then they go off to have children and then they can't come back because um, it's so competitive that things have like raced on and left you behind thing. Um, so that's like in the future, but um, I would say like almost as a mentor, like just be aware of that because uh, it can, you know, time can really um, disappear. Um, and before you know it, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm, you know, <laughs> I've been doing a job that I love, but I haven't had the time to think about anything else. So, mm. but, you know, well done you for, for breaking a lot of walls down um, and, and showing us just by being yourself that it's possible to be in an industry that just has never really been seen as something feminine. Like you really show that you can bring, um, a female perspective to um, this industry and really, really thrive. Um, what would be your sort of like key advice for any women who are watching this or girls who are watching this thinking, oh, I really want to do what she's doing. Like, is there, is there sort of some big tips that you can say, like, just make sure you're always, you know, focusing on X, Y, and Z. Yeah, I think, the big one for me is like don't be scared to follow what you really want to do because if I hadn't done that I would never be where I am today um and even if it seems scary and um you know intimidating like sometimes the best route isn't always the easy one I feel like that's very cliche <laughs> um and um just I think as I like hard work really can get you to where you want to be I had to do my A-levels and, you know, if I hadn't worked hard on them, I wouldn't have got the grades to get into my foundation year and stuff. So um, I think even if you're not motivated in what you currently do, I think you should just always, like, work hard at whatever you're doing, basically. I've not said that very eloquently. <laughs> um, and, yeah, don't be scared to follow what you love. And I think definitely look out for especially for girls in STEM, things like the Women's Engineering Society and anything you can get involved in um, that's, that kind of encourages like and promotes diversity. Because for me, that's been, it's been really, really motivational to be part of the Women's Engineering Society, like the Early Careers Board, um, and to meet all these like, amazing women across engineering. Um, and it's really good to, like, even though they're in different sectors of engineering, you all kind of struggle with the same things and um it's really good to have that like network so definitely to try and build that because I think if I had that at uni like it would have made my life a lot easier because I was just around guys all the time who didn't you know they didn't take you seriously and stuff always um but if I'd had like some female engineers you know who were supportive and kind of going through the same thing it would have really been helpful well Becky 
you haven't necessarily said this in words, but just by being in your Zoom window there, um, one of the key messages that you convey is that if you have a dream, really work hard at it because um, having substance, you know, we live in a world where everything is like an image or, you know, a post or, you know, and it's all very yeah. 2D. And what really comes across strongly um, through you is that it's not just about the two-dimensional, it's really about having substance, um, you know, the knowledge to back it up, the, the, the qualifications, the hard work, the, the passion to do what you're doing. Um, and, you know, for anyone who's building their career step-by-step, step, you know, um, there are no shortcuts and it's really, really admirable to see someone that just has the clout to be succeeding. So thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. Really great to chat to you. Thanks for your time. Yeah. Thank you for the opportunity to, you know, talk about it. And um, yeah, it's been really, really great as well to, to like get to know you a bit more. And I think you're really cool. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love what you're doing. <laughs>